Thank you for listening to the Conform to Christ podcast, where we aim to engage the mind, affect the heart, and call people to follow Christ. I'm Jay Jones, and I'm here with George Mays. George, this is going to be one of those where we engage the mind in order to affect the heart, call people to follow Christ. And it's all about uh, the election, which is coming up. Yeah. Kind of a big episode here. Um, We're going to um, try to talk about how we inform our uh, thoughts on voting and the Christian conscience and what does it mean to be faithful? Okay. Uh, we want to we want to examine this great right that we have and how we exercise it because we ought to exercise it in a faithful manner. Everything we do, we ought to be honor, honored to lay it uh, openly before Jesus on the last day and explain why. Right. So that's the goal today. It's a big day coming up next week. This big election. Yep. We're going to hit this up. This this is going to be a longer episode, I'm thinking. But you had something you said. It's going to be a serious episode, too. But you said you had something you wanted to drop on me. It's a surprise to me. I, I, I mean, it's it's free-for-all Friday, so yeah. I, I try to find something. You said you want to keep it. You. You're going to keep it light. Yeah. Okay, because it's going to get serious here in a minute. Yeah, so I uh, I came across this story a couple of days ago. This is from uh, Tuesday, and uh, the headline is Entire Bible Rewritten Alphabetically to Allow for New and Interesting Interpretations. What? I don't even... <laughs> oh, listen, listen. I don't even know I'll, what this means. Uh, let, me, let, me, let me read a little bit of this article for Wait, you. Is this real? <clears throat> yeah. It's not a Babylon Bee article? Oh, no, no, no. A group of creatives. I always like that. It's like that title. <laughs> a group of creatives, because I always know the next, the next thing is going to be just moronic. Yep. A group of creatives reorganized the entire King James Bible in alphabetical order for a new translation they hope will help readers uncover, quote, new and interesting interpretations of the written word. <laughs> when that whenever there's new interpretations like it just throw it in, out the window <clears throat> just turn it off this uh this is called bible the <laughs> i'm not making this up <laughs> this is real <laughs> <laughs> okay uh let's see using a custom made piece of software they take the entire text of a book and reorganize it alphabetically <laughs> so this is called Bible the <laughs> and they've taken all the words and they've organized it alphabetically and they say quote this distills each text down to its lowest common denominator it highlights the importance people tend to place on the order of said words and their <laughs> meaning <laughs> oh, my goodness. That, that pesky word order Jay oh, stop <laughs> Stop putting so much emphasis on the order of words. And it allows for new and interesting interpretations of the written word in much the same way as one of your favorite things, an abstract painting might. (laughs) Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Can you read a a verse? I don't have it. Well, there's no verses. 
you know what this is, right? They've just made a concordance. Yeah. <laughs> That's all they've done. <laughs> like, this is crazy. I, I already have I already have one of these <laughs> sitting on my shelf. I thought, so I thought that I thought you meant like they take the verses themselves and like rearrange the words, but you're saying this is just as far as I can tell, they take each book and they organize it alphabetically. Hebrew? They didn't say verses. Like they Hebrew? say each book. Like Hebrew alphabetically? Or, or, <laughs> e- or English alphabetically? English alphabetically, I assume. <laughs> okay. It, it, it is. So you, you're right. You're, they, this re- is a, they reorganize the entire King James Bible in alphabetical th- order. We've got... Oh, man. It does... It If, if they were just... <sighs> If it was verse by verse, okay, it's a little weird, but at least you still have all the words mm-hmm. in the verse. But this, it seems, it, because they even, this next paragraph, it, it just starts, it says how many times certain words are in the Bible. Good, good is used 720 times, bad 18 times, love 308 times. Like it, it's just counting the, just counting the the words this is bizarre uh okay so it's just a concordance right Mm -hmm. that's all it is but here's the most ridiculous thing for you you can buy this jay you can buy bible the it's available as a limited edition 1364 page (laughs) leather bound volume for two thousand six hundred and twenty (laughs) seven (laughs) dollars George, we got to take this. We've got pure gold on our shelves in the in the other room. That's what I heard you say. Pure gold sitting on the shelves in there. We yeah. even got them in Hebrew and Greek. Is yeah. it, maybe that we could sell them on eBay for four thousand? Yeah. You think? <laughs> maybe if it was leather bound, you could probably find some of these over at that. Uh, what's that bookstore called up there in the city? What the- you know the one. The one where you can find little treasures. Oh, half price books. Yeah, they probably yeah, have. Maybe. Some, they probably have some of these. In case pr- you, in, in case there. you thought it was, in case you thought it was a joke, George. What? It looks like a Bible, but it says Bible the Bible the. <laughs> yep. It must be. It must be. Uh, who printed? Who printed this? What? What publishers thought this was a good idea to print? <sighs> bunch of creatives, man. Just a bunch of creatives. Mm-hmm. They got together and uh, thought, we, hey, hey. We need some new, interesting interpretations. So let's just put it all in alphabetical order. That I guess they didn't even think. I wonder if this has ever been done before. <laughs> uh, yeah, it must be because on the page where you can order it, the price is in pounds. So uh-huh. it must be a. It must be a, a an English publishing company. Crazy. Yeah, two thousand pounds, which is about twenty six hundred bucks that's so uh there you go bible the you can look it up and uh that's all i gotta say (laughs) well i don't have anything else to say about that i just thought that you would enjoy that one jay i I came across i was like oh man i gotta i gotta tell jay about this this is a strange world we live in we live in a strange world that's all i can say i don't know what else to say about it don't and, and i think there's a lot of things that we could say about this um, the the deconstruction of of Western thought. Mm. Like, you don't come to the Bible as like it's an abstract painting, right? Mm-hmm. Like 
there's words. Yeah. You put them in a certain order. They you know, actually have some kind of meaning mm. in the text. You I, can't you can't just take words and just splash them across yeah. the page and and oh, it's a new interpretation. Well, no, you can read about this yeah. in uh, Francis Shaver's book, The God Who Is There. Mm-hmm. You read that? Ever read that? It's a good book. So he talks about culture and what happens when culture deconstructs. And one of the things is art. And he gives examples of how we go from the art of the Renaissance, right. which is some of the greatest art ever made, music. You know, you got Beethoven, Mozart, some of the greatest music ever made. Deconstruction happens, and you end up with WAP, mm-hmm. right, Cardi B? Right. Um, and then you end up with this ridiculous paint that is like, you know, you let your toddler right. do as a craft and right before nap time. Um, and so now we just, it's continue. It's, I mean, he, he wrote this years ago, but it's like, he's a prophet. Yeah. You got to check it out. I, I remember, uh, about five or six years ago. Uh, no, no, not even that long ago, probably about three years ago. My wife and I went to, uh, to Fort Worth and we went to the modern, modern art museum. Mm-hmm. And one of the pieces was, it looked like just two big concrete blocks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Okay. And so as we deconstruct, the art becomes absurd. Mm-hmm. Music becomes absurd. Right. Language becomes absurd. Everything. Yeah. It's nuts. It's nuts. Well, about to get serious now. But it is fitting with the theme of deconstruction in a way. All right. So people are probably wondering, like we have a job to do. Uh, I don't even like calling it a job. It's more like an honor, more like an honor to to pastor the people of our church well. And so we're serious about trying to help them think through the election and voting because they're bombarded with celebrity Christians and celebrity Christians writing all these different articles and all of these things. So now it's time for us to speak on this, okay? I th- I think we uh, we owe it to our church people. and uh, whoever else is listening. Hopefully, you know, this will help you to think through this clearly. If you were alive last week, you probably saw that John Piper wrote an article. Um, And the article, uh, it kind of spread like wildfire all across the Twitters and all of these places. It's called Policies, Persons, and Paths to Ruin, Pondering the Implications of the 2020 Election. Did you check that article out, George? I got it right in front of me. Yep. So Piper, he um, he seems to be worried about the Christian witness in the world, right? How the world perceives of Christians. And so he writes an article. If I could summarize the article as succinctly as possible, it would be like this. Um, he never names the candidates, but we know who he's talking about, right? He's talking about Biden. He's talking about Trump, of course. Trump is the man who's arrogant, egotistical, brash, rude, self-absorbed. That's kind of the, the criticisms. And so what he's saying is those sins, the sin, when a leader has those sins, they lead a nation into destruction and ruin just as much as uh, the sins of the left, which would be uh, abor- their main cardinal doctrine, as I've called it, their cardinal doctrine of child sacrifice, of abortion, abortion on demand, even up to birth is what they want in post-birth some cases. So he's trying to argue that, look, um, 
both sides are bad. Like you don't have, and so I think what he's arguing in this is that you can't even vote for Trump because the sins of Trump, uh, which would be being uh, egotistical and brash and mean and self-centered, his the sins of the leader affect the country and lead them to ruin, just like these other sins. Right. Am I summarizing his article fairly? Yeah, I think so. And I, I think that, you know, just at the at the very start, we should say we both appreciate John Piper. No lot, doubt. No lot. doubt. Um, he's, he's had a <clears throat> profound impact on me in yeah. my life. And I've I've been thankful for his stand on a lot of issues, including yeah. abortion. And yeah. I, I think that's you know, I think that's clear in this article. Mm-hmm. Like, Whereas there are organizations like Nine Marks or Together, or, uh, the Gospel Coalition, that write these vague articles about politics, yeah, and how we shouldn't divide over politics, and there's right. good people that are voting different ways, and and really what they're trying to do is give you an out for voting Democrat. Right. They um, they nuance everything <coughs> yeah. five hundred times, nuance the nuance the nuance the nuance, so that they it's so limp-wristed. Yeah. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah. Um, you know, whereas they're doing that, Piper is not voting for Biden. Piper's not going right. to vote for Biden. He's, not and, a he, and he is. I think. I think that where his article is is maybe better than a Nine Marks article on this mm-hmm. is that he's not trying to give you an out. He's right. trying to. He's trying to be consistent for a Christian witness. Mm-hmm. So I can give him props for that. I disagree with his article. Um, but I think that I at least would give him that, that he's not trying to give you an out. And I think that he would, I think that he would urge you not to vote for Joe Biden. Yeah. <clears throat> Whereas someone like Jonathan Lehman uh, from Nine Marks, I wouldn't be surprised if, if I learned that he voted for Joe Biden. Yeah. Not, not at all. <clears throat> Southern Baptist. Um. And I, I, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised to learn that someone like Russell Moore, right, voted for Biden, yeah. because I know he's a never Trumper. Yes. Um, but again, they're not going to come out and and say it. Right. Uh, they're just they're just going to be really vague, and that's one of the that's one of the issues I have with this this article. Though I know that Piper isn't going to vote for Biden. He still is not clear. Like there's still there's still some ambiguity about. I mean, the very first the very first sentence of the article. This article is probably as close as you will get to an answer on how I will vote in the upcoming presidential election. Yeah, just give an answer. Just give an answer, like, man. Just say it. Just come it, out and say that, it. That is a big frustration that I have <clears throat> with a lot of the Christian leaders. I mean, Mueller has been clear on this issue, mm-hmm. but on other issues recently, he's not been clear. Yeah. It's like, what's going on? I'm living in this fog where I can't, I don't know if I can even trust Al Mueller on this particular issue. Like, there, just just come out and say what you mean. Yeah. Right? Uh, Piper doesn't use either of the candidates' names. Come on, we know who you're talking about. Right. Why are you not, why don't you just say it? Uh, Jonathan Lehman from Nine Marks, if you don't know who Jonathan Lehman is, he's one of the big, the big dogs over mm. at Nine Marks, and he writes a lot of their articles. And he wrote an article on how you should vote. Or you know principles on yeah, how to decide yeah. how to vote, and he gives these really vague hypotheticals. Well, if you've got candidate A over here and this is their position, you got candidate B over here. Like, just come out and say it. We know who the candidates are. Right. We know who you're talking about. Just say 
Trump, Biden. Yeah. And there are real world issues. Just mm. come out and say it. Like this is not hypothetical. Yeah. Like the the way that we're supposed to vote, it's not hypothetical. And the platforms for the the candidates is not hypothetical. You can you can say this candidate supports this issue, this candidate supports this issue. issue. You don't have to be you don't have to just beat around the bush. Just just come out and say. But you'll lose too beat. many. You'll lose too many Twitter followers if you do that, George. Probably. I don't have any Twitter followers, so I don't even care. <laughs> I hardly ever check Twitter. So. Yeah, yeah. But you know, that's that's just one of the issues that I have with um, some of these uh, big, well-known evangelical voices. Just come out and say what you mean. Here's you don't, you, you, know don't what, have, you don't have to you don't have to be vague about this hey, stuff. Just come out and say it. What's so ironic about these guys? These guys love Churchill. Do you know that? Mm-hmm. All right, I got just got to say this. Okay, Churchill was a soldier. Yeah, this dude served in World War One. Right, right. He probably ate a boot to stay alive. This is a hard dude. Mm-hmm. This guy stood down the most powerful war machine on earth alone right. until we jumped in. Right. Yeah. These limp-wristed theologians have nothing in common. Yeah. With Churchill. I hate to break it to you guys. You can wear your Churchill ties all you want, but you have nothing in common with Churchill. I don't care how many books that you write about, oh, the gathering, this or that. Like, you won't even speak clearly. Yeah. Just speak clearly. Yeah. That's not a problem for Churchill. Uh, well, let's, let's, let's even get theological. These guys we're talking about, they love Martin Luther. I mean, he's a hero of the faith, right? That's right. Um, Martin Luther had no qualms about calling the Pope son of the devil mm-hmm. or an ass. Yeah. Right. Now I'm not saying that we should go around, <laughs> you know, calling, calling people names, uh, maybe quite like Luther, but there is something to be said about the boldness mm. of Luther or Calvin or <laughs> John Knox. Right. right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that is missing in the big evangelical circles. Yeah. Just come out and say it. Be bold and be clear. Don't don't leave people guessing. Yeah. Uh, by the time you get done with Piper's article, you know that he's not voting for Trump, but you're not really sure what he's what he's doing. There are a lot of fa- of guys that are though. They're just not as well known. So we're not saying they don't exist, right? They're out there, right? I mean, John MacArthur's the most well known, but you got Tom Askell, you got Bodie Bauckham, you got, mm-hmm. and then and then you've got all these other pastors that no one knows their name, right? They're just serving faithfully in obscurity, and they're not afraid. Yeah, they're being bold. Yeah. So the, the problem with someone like John Piper is that he's got. He's got the following. He's right? got a he's massive got, he's influence. Got, he's got this massive influence and voice, and people are looking to him for advice. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that his article has influenced how how people vote. It'll sway people's vote. That's so for sure. be clear, be clear in what you're saying. So I think, what, trying to read through his stuff, I think he's just not one. He may just not vote. He may not vote at all. He may abstain, which yeah. that's I don't mm-hmm. think that's sinful. Or he may just write in a candidate. Uh, as a symbolic gesture, yeah, right, mm-hmm. as a, of like protest maybe, right, to these two candidates, um, and that's I'm not going to say that's sinful to do, yeah. but just you know, just tell everybody that's what you're doing, right. Okay, my main problem with this article, George, there seems to be this uh, moral equivalence he's drawing between Trump being brash and mean, 
and ugly and all of the things that Trump is um, in the Democrat platform. Right. I <clears throat> there's, there's I have a problem with that. Yeah. I have a problem with that. There is um, there's an underlying presumption that I don't like. Mm. It's he doesn't come out and say it again. He doesn't he doesn't come out and say it, but it's it's there. And I don't know if he would agree with this or not. It's that Trump is boastful and arrogant and rude while Joe Biden isn't. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Now, Joe Biden is calmer in certain situations mm. than Trump. Yeah. Um, and I would probably say a lot of that is because Biden is a politician. He's a politician. And Trump isn't. He's an actor. Yeah. Biden is who he needs to be at the time. But um, I think it's it should be clear if you've, if you've watched enough Biden to know he is just as arrogant as yeah. Trump is. He just doesn't maybe show it Come as on, man. clearly. Come on. Come on, man. Right. When he says that all the time. Yeah. Remember he told the guy... Uh, it in comes car, out. Was the guy in the car factory? He like yeah. I'm not tried representing to, you. He tried to bow up on him. Yeah, yeah. Like called him names and right. stuff. Yeah, like uh, that's he, that's a regular person. You can see he has actual right. condescension. He can, well, I mean, he talk. He, I mean, that's how he talks to people in those town hall meetings. Yeah. I mean, you, there's video of him calling people names. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. <laughs> the media uh, cover that up. But just yeah, up, I mean, just the way that he talked to the president in the debates, telling him to shut up, calling him a clown. That's not a humble guy. Mm -hmm. So I think that I think that if you're going to say Trump is arrogant, you can't you can't say that Biden isn't. Mm -hmm. So that there's a problem with this article just at the very outset in this presupposition that that Trump is this boastful guy and Biden's not. Mm -hmm. Because it's just not the case. Biden is Biden is just as arrogant. Yeah. Now there there is a counter a counter article. Uh, by Wayne Grudem, who's a friend. The exchange is good, very cordial. And in my opinion, Grudem just decimates. <laughs> he decimates Piper's, uh, systematically, yeah. systematically <clears throat> decimates Piper's entire article. Did you read it? Yes. So I'd point the listener to that article. We're not going to rehash all of it, but he just... It's just called a respectful oh, response man. to my friend John Piper about voting for Trump. He crushes it. Pretty pretty wordy title, but yeah, yeah, uh, and you know, uh, again, I think that it speaks it speaks well of Piper because Grudem sent this to Piper, and he even said Piper gave him some suggestions on how to make his arguments stronger. Right, <laughs> right. Uh, so I, I don't think I don't think Piper's being belligerent. Mm -hmm. um, I think he has a. I think Piper has a, a tender conscience. All right. Right. I think that's I think that would be a good summary of of, of Piper. Mm -hmm. Like he's he's got a, a conscience that wouldn't let him vote for someone like Trump. Mm -hmm. Uh but yeah, uh Grudem's Grudem's response to him is is very good, I think. Yeah, the uh, I appreciated in particular his response on point one, where he claims that the personal sins of a leader are as harmful to the nation as the moral evil laws of the other party. 
right? Mm -hmm. And his response, he says, there's a difference between personal influence of a leader, um, which could be rejected. You're free to reject that, right? Like right. you don't you don't have to be like Trump. Yeah. Like you you uh, you're a free person here. You don't want to be boastful and arrogant and rude. Yeah. Uh, then don't be. Um, and then the laws, the laws of the other side compel compliance. Mm -hmm. So he's saying there's a major difference in saying, look, this one leader's influence is going to corrupt the and bring the society to ruin. And but the other side's laws actually compel you to obey. Right. And he takes it down. Uh, I mean, clearly, right? If the if the Democrats gain control and they enact their policies, um, <laughs> you, they're going to make you pay Christian, your taxes will be used to fund abortions, right? Right, right now they're not because of the, um, oh, what's the name of it? The amendment, the uh, Hyde Amendment, amendment yeah. right? The Hyde Amendment. So you're, they want to do away with that. Biden, already, he said it, this election cycle, yeah. he will end the Hyde Amendment. Your tax paying, your funds will go to abortion, right? That's a that's a big difference. Yeah, right. You're you can't you can't opt out. You don't get to legally say, "Hey, I'm not going to pay taxes." Right. See what happens with that. Someone show up, you know, at gunpoint or well, with a gun on their hip and take you to jail for not paying your taxes. So these things have major consequences, right? Yeah. Um. And Piper's Piper's um example of this is the kings. Mm -hmm. In Old Testament Israel, right, um, where the kings are wicked and they make the people of Israel sin, and mm -hmm. and he uses that as this um, this First, illustration. First Kings fourteen sixteen. Yeah, he, he uses he uses this as an illustration that a bad leader corrupts the nation. Right now, something that Piper neither uh, or, or and Grudem they they don't they don't touch on this. Uh, I think that it's something that needs to be remembered that we are a democracy mm -hmm. we're we're not a we're not a monarchy we don't have a king so the king becomes king by heredity right um but in our society we choose our leaders mm -hmm. so piper's piper's fear is that a wicked ruler is going to make the nation more wicked like we're gonna follow that that wicked ruler, right? But in America, it's it's flipped, right? Right. Like we choose the leaders, so the leaders are a reflection of the, the culture already. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So it's it's not. I, I you know I I don't see the culture becoming more boastful and arrogant because of Trump, right? Or um. You know, following him in prideful, pridefulness, immorality, or something. Right. It already was that. Yeah. Right. Um, this this is something that I was thinking about watching that first debate where where uh, where Trump and Biden are just you know talking over each other. These these men are just a reflection of the society. Mm -hmm. Like this is a this is what a Facebook comment section would look like if it was <laughs> audio. Right. Just people just just yelling at each other and talking over each other and not listening and, right. and butting in. Like they're just a reflection of the society already. So mm -hmm. I, I don't I don't think that Piper's argument 
is, it doesn't have quite as much weight. Mm-hmm. If Biden is elected as president, um, that's because the culture already agrees with what he stands for. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, neither one of these these men mentioned that, but I, I think it's an important distinction. Yeah. We're not a monarchy. Mm-hmm. Right? The the ruler doesn't come out of nowhere. Yeah. He's not anointed by just a you know a handful of people. Mm-hmm. The the people are the ones that install the rulers. That's right. And so if, if we have bad rulers, well, that's just a reflection on on the the bad culture already. Right. Yeah. So I'd encourage y'all to go read these two articles. Grudem systematically takes it down. He does, man. I I, I don't know if Piper's going to write a response to this, but I mean, he addresses it. He addresses you, you know, Piper, you use the, the king, kings made Israel to sin by their example. And he says, hey, this is King Jeroboam who set up idols. Right. Like he set up false system of worship in Israel, two yeah. golden calves. And it's like, hey, behold your gods. And uh, so this is not even a one-for-one correlation between Trump's bad character and King Jeroboam, because I don't think, you know, right. it, it, this doesn't apply. Yeah. Uh, so I'd point you to that. Um, uh, and I think another thing is, I, it seems as if Piper is just buying what the media is saying about Trump. Yeah, it does. As if, yes, Trump is a prideful guy. Right. And we talk, we've talked about this before. Like this is his this is who he is, right? Um, but the way that the media portrays him is if that's all he is. Like he's just this arrogant guy that just snubs people. And it that that just doesn't seem to be the He's a New Yorker man. Let's right. just say what he is. <laughs> right. He seems less prideful to me now than yeah. he did four years ago, but he's a New Yorker. Like the way that he talks to people, just average people, seems like he actually has like a genuine concern for just oh, the average without American. a doubt you got to make that distinction trump is that way to the elite yeah who he sees as i think people that hate this country mm-hmm. he is rude to them and yeah. mean to them right um he's not like that to your average joe right at all yeah he's the complete opposite yeah um so it it I'm afraid that a lot of people it's not just piper it's it's just i think christians in general we we're not as discerning as we need to be. Right. Like the things that Trump says about the media are true. Trump Trump talks to the media, right? The way Joe Biden talks to the average Joe. <laughs> yeah. Wrap your head around that. Yeah. Okay. Joe Biden's rude to regular people. He mm-hmm. he has major condescension. Like he you you can tell he he thinks very lowly of us pleat us whatever you call us. What would you call us? I don't know. <laughs> Probably gutter trash. That's what he uh, call us. Deplorables is what us, Hitler, us Hillary deplorables, calls us. Yeah, the right? deplorables, us uh, commoners. Uh, and so the way Joe Biden talks to us, that's the way Trump talks to uh, the elite. Yeah, and they hate it. Yeah. So don't buy into, don't buy into the way that that Trump is portrayed by the media, because they they are portraying him in the worst possible light. They're not talking about any of the good things that he does. They never do. They never will. Right. Okay. Um, so Grudem's voting for Trump. You can go check that out. He gives. He, and already, he, has, did. he already He already voted. I, th- I think he said he already did. And he's written uh, a good letter to a never Trump or two, an article on that that you could read. Yeah. So, okay, I want to talk. Let's just talk about a little bit of Al Mohler. He wrote an, he wrote an article as well. Okay. Or Al Mohler, 
last time around did not vote. I was where Al Mueller was last time. Yeah. I, be- I believed like Mueller that Trump's not really a conservative. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought he was a plant. Yeah. I thought he was a plant, like a, a, a rogue agent of the left sent to destroy the Republican Party. Yeah. So I didn't vote for him. Yeah, I, I didn't vote for him in 2016 either. I, I, I was kind of in the same place as Piper, um, because all you all you really saw from Trump is um, his reality shows, right? Like uh, his his politics came out of nowhere for me, anyway. Mm-hmm. And then the debates, right? And he didn't come out looking looking little Marco looking too great. Remember when we gave everybody nicknames? Yeah. <laughs> oh, little Marco. Yeah, so I, I I'll confess I was I think I was in the same place that Piper was four years ago. Uh, I didn't vote for I, I didn't vote for anyone. I just left it blank. Yeah. Uh, but four years has changed my perspective um, quite a bit mm. because we have four years of what Trump has done. Right. What he actually did. Right. Yeah. And so Mueller talks all about that. And I thought I thought the Mueller article was good is a little bit long um like Mueller introductions <laughs> but um he tells you why he's doing what he's doing yeah. and you know some people have criticized him for it <clears throat> i think i think unjust uh, it's not justified i don't think it's justified people are free to change their mind right that's what we forget about like <laughs> right i've changed my mind over mm-hmm. several things over the past 10 years even yeah um, that's what I mean. We're people. We're humans. Even people like Al Mohler to learn. Right. <laughs> right. They're free to learn and to change. Yeah. Um, well, that's that's probably just a good reminder for us, just in our everyday lives. I mean, so he said, he said in I, I guess it was 2016. He said that if he voted for Trump, he'd have to apologize to Bill Clinton. Right. For Bill Clinton's immorality. Right. Um, and so now that he's changing and his views are are coming around so that he, um, I think he also has already voted um, for Trump. Mm. And people call him a hypocrite. Like, I wouldn't want to be called a hypocrite just because I've had four years to actually observe what this man has done and my opinion of him has changed. And so now I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. Like, I don't think that's hypocritical. I think it actually is is humble mm-hmm. to say I was wrong, and this is why I've changed my mind. Yeah, like I, I don't think that that that's something to um, to criticize someone over. Mm-hmm. He does apologize in this article, but he doesn't apologize to Bill Clinton. He apologizes for making a stupid statement. Yeah, he's he was doing what a lot of a lot of guys do. I mean, even and it's not just famous pastors. Right. Pastors are prone to making one-liners. Yeah. They make a one-liner, a zinger, and they let it fly. Yeah. And he made one. He made one. Yeah. Uh, One of the things that my my preaching professor would always warn us about before we preached is avoid hyperboles. Mm -hmm. Because it's really easy to make these really broad universal statements that aren't, (laughs) that they're not, they're not, you know, universally true. So you got, you have to be sure that you're, um, not doing that, yeah. But we're we're all we all tend to do that, right? You get into a fight with someone, you do this all the time. <laughs> do they do it all the time? Like we got to be careful of right. of these universal hyper, hyperbolic uh, statements. All right. So, um, do you want to discuss more the the Mueller the Mueller article, or do you want to move into us? Right. We got we're at uh, thirty six minutes. 
Um, I, I would just um, I would just encourage people to read Mueller's article. Uh, you and I were were talking about it earlier. He's not he's not as uh, maybe as clear uh, an author as Piper. Mm. Like Piper is he's going to be one of those guys like R.C. Sproul, I think. Yeah, that goes down in church history. Like people know who he is because he is such a he's such a powerhouse right. theologically. Yeah, he's not always great with with um, you know down to earth uh, complex like situations. Right, you know, several years ago when he was talking about self defense mm-hmm. and said he didn't know if he'd be able to uh, kill someone who was assaulting his wife. Like that's a no brainer, right? <laughs> right. Uh, be, because of the image of God. He, he didn't think he could kill someone yeah. who's made in the image of God. Well, <laughs> yeah. I mean, again. George, I'll kill you. You attack my wife, I'll kill you. Do you CPR on you and then kill you again? <laughs> That's what I'll do to someone who attacks my wife. Yeah. Oh, man. I never know <laughs> some of the things you say. <laughs> Me and Piper, uh, <laughs> me and Piper, me and Piper, me and Piper, we're down. We're buddies on a lot yeah. of things. We we're not really tied on that issue. Together. I mean, he's got Piper has a seven hundred book, uh, seven hundred page book on um, Providence that's coming out next year, and I'll be I'll be buying that book because yeah, you know it'll be Piper, it'll Piper's be great. Gonna, I mean, it's just going to be outstanding. That's his will. From, that's his wheelhouse. Yeah, um, but he, he, you know, something like this is a really complex issue. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't he doesn't deal with it very well. Yeah. Um, but Moeller, I think, deals with it better. Yeah. Even if he's maybe not quite as easy to read as yeah. as Piper. That's, so that's I would true. I would encourage people to read all three of those. So um, so Piper's is policies, persons, and paths to ruin. Uh, Grudem's is simply a response to my friend John Piper, and then. Uh, Albert Moeller's is Christians, Conscience, and the Looming 2020 Election. So I just encourage you to go and check out all three of those articles and, um, yeah, you know, really think about these these issues. Mm-hmm. I, I think that I think Grudem and, and Moeller are are right. I think that they're I think they're more solid on this than Piper is. Yeah, they're looking at um, I think. In a, in a, they're seeing in a more clear way the how the machinery mm-hmm. of our governmental system works. Yeah, for years down yeah. the line. Yeah, and you, you can't just look at Trump himself. You have to look at the policies. Mm-hmm. I, I like what Mueller says. He says in a perfect world, character and and practice would go together. Can you read that quote? Do you have that quote? Because he 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 calls. Uh, I liked how he compared it to uh, get think Genghis Kong or something. Oh like that. yeah, <laughs> remember that? Yeah. Um, let me see it. Re- let me see if I can find it real quick. Okay. Yeah, it's it's a pretty good quote. Uh, yeah, here it colorful. is. I'll just read this uh, this entire paragraph because I think it's a good paragraph. Um, he says, "Let me be as clear as I know possible." President Trump's behavior on Twitter and his divisive comments and sub-presidential behavior are an embarrassment to me. Constantly. His arrogance and ego and constant need for adulation drive me to distraction. And we could 
argue over whether you know that's just a media portrayal or not. Anyway, but character is some strange combination of the personal, the principled, and the practical. Let me put it another way. I cannot accept the argument that a calm man who affirms the dismembering of babies in the womb has a superior character to a man who rants like Genghis Khan but acts to preserve that life. In my ideal world, I would vote for a candidate in whom the personal, the principled, and the practical earn my admiration. I do not live in that world. I live in this world, and I must act accordingly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we, could, we could wish that Trump's personality was maybe a little, little bit more toned down, especially on Twitter. But um, you got to look at his, you got to look at his policies. Right. Like you got to look at, you got to look at the whole picture. You can't just look at Trump is mean on Twitter. You have to look at what are his actual policies. And a, and a lot of what he said has been so manipulated by the media. And mm-hmm. I know tons, there are tons of Christians out there that frankly need to become a little more shrewd. Yeah. Uh, they've just fallen for it. Become a little more shrewd. Understand that you're being, pl- you're being played. Right. You're not getting the full picture. Yeah. Uh, you're getting sound bites and, and manipulations. I mean, they're still calling Trump a racist, for crying out loud. Yeah, yeah, they are. This guy was given awards by a uh, black community his entire life Yeah, for him being not racist, and now magically he's racist. Okay, let's move on to this. Okay. Let's, let's go this direction. I want to see if you can read Romans 1, all right? First, I will say, I will tell you why I don't believe, and I think you're right here with me, so we can say we. We'll use the word we, because I think I know you pretty good. We cannot vote for a Democrat um, unless they have some type of magic thing happen where they completely change their platform, right? Right. We cannot vote for them um, because of who they are. Um, so let's uh, we'll unpack that. I think I think it's actually a sin. It would be a sin for a Christian to vote for a Democrat. You would be right. We live in allegiance to a king, King Jesus. He, this is his world. This is his universe. The Bible tells us how we're to live in that world. If you cast your vote for a Democrat, you're casting your vote for outright rebellion against Christ. That's how I view it. So could you read Romans uh, 1? You know the pertinent verses, not the whole thing, but uh, where it talks about uh, general revelation Mm -hmm. and how God turns a nation over to itself, or a culture, how he turns a culture over to itself. Please read that entire portion. Yeah, it's a a longer section, but it's... It's a longer section, but if if you're there, just listen to how Paul describes when God turns a culture over to itself in judgment. Listen to this. Uh, Beginning in verse 18, uh, the Apostle Paul says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. For what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. 
Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal man and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in the lust of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worshiped and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And the men likewise gave up natural relations with women and were consumed with passion for one another, men committing shameless acts with men and receiving in themselves the due penalty for their error. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God, God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done. They were filled with all manner of unrighteousness, evil, covetousness, malice, They are full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, maliciousness. They are gossips, slanderers, haters of God, insolent, haughty, boastful, inventors of evil, disobedient to parents, foolish, faithless, heartless, ruthless. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but give approval to those who practice them. All right. So here's why... Uh, I believe we will never vote for a Democrat because, George, to do so is to vote for the Romans one party. Yeah. They're They're the Romans one godless party. Yeah. Right? There are, in what ways? Let's just throw them out. In what ways do you see them being in, uh, right in alignment with this? Uh, well, I mean, their their platform, you, you just go on to the Democratic platform and the first, I don't even know how many, how many points, it's at least the first two or three. Mm. It's all about abortion. Yeah. It's all about abortion. Yeah. Abortion is the chief, as we said, the chief cardinal doctrine yeah. of the, it's the most important thing to them. <clears throat> Yep. And they've said it themselves. I mean, Joe Biden has said it, this time around uh, he's going to do away with the um, the Hyde Amendment. Mm-hmm. Not only that, it's a litmus test for anyone that will serve in his in his administration. He will not have you or appoint any person. Right. He will not appoint a single judge anywhere in this nation or appoint anyone to his administration. And I guess you could take with that he will not platform anyone else in the in the Democratic in their in their. Uh, any Democrat in any position anywhere, if if they are not on board the, with this, this, this is not. And it's. I not think just, I got a clip. It's not just Biden, right? It's. I mean, it's. It is the Democratic Party. It is. This is what they stand for. And if you are pro-life, whatever that means, where we obviously are abolitionists, but even if you are incremental, if you're anything other than pro-abortion. Yeah. pro-choice, pro-abortion, you don't have a place in the Democratic Party. I'll play this clip, but so think, think about the appointment of judges. <clears throat> the, the president appoints judges, correct? No. And and so we just had one, Supreme Court. Trump's litmus test is he wants an originalist. Yeah. So this is a good chance for us to talk about that. What does that mean? An originalist judge. What does the, what's the Constitution mean in, when it, its, in its original... Con, uh, what what did the founders mean when they when they pinned 
the Constitution. Right. So over against them, you have other judges who are, like, they're progressives. Mm -hmm. They believe the Constitution is a living document, that its meaning changes over time. It's interesting that this, uh, the same issue, we have the same issue in the theological world. Yeah. We're originalist. Right. We want to know what did the text mean when Mm -hmm. the author wrote it. Then you have, like, progressive liberal Christians who thinks the meaning of the text changes over time. Yeah. It's insane, but it, that's the issue, right? And so, all all of the judges Trump puts forward, they're originalist, they're constitutionalist, right? They want to preserve the Constitution. The litmus test for Joe Biden is abortion, right? He he doesn't care what they view the Constitution as. He wants to know that they're one hundred percent on board with pushing the abortion agenda. Listen, this. would there be a litmus test on abortion? If you say the rest of what I said. I said that we're going to not appoint anyone who did not have a view that unenumerated rights existed in the Constitution. That's not a specific test. It's a generic test. And only way, the only reason women have the right to choose is because it's determined that there's unenumerated rights coming from the Ninth Amendment in the Constitution. That's what I said. And I was, I was part of the reason. There we go. He, said, he just straight up plainly says it. All right, that's their, that's their test. Um, so abortion, right? This is this is a major thing. This is uh, every pagan society that God has given over ends in child sacrifice. Yeah, read just read through the Bible. Societies that sacrifice and kill their own children, it's like a ticking time bomb until God just unleashes His wrath and destroys that nation. And this is their. This is their, like, holiest of holies to be protected. Now, that's not to say that the Republicans are getting it right. Right? They've been running on pro-life stuff forever. Right. And um, I I think that a lot of them have forgotten that we're trying to win the game. Right. That's right. (laughs) They're just just trying to keep keep their, you know, keep getting Mm reelected. Mm-hmm. Um, we actually want to see abortion ended, yeah, and we think that it should be treated as murder, right? Uh, but whereas the the Republican Party isn't doing what we think that they should be doing, it's not the platform of the Republican Party that this is a litmus litmus test that you need to celebrate abortion, right? They're pro-abortion. That's they the are. best thing you could say about them is is they are. Not pro-choice. Yeah, you They're can't pro-abortion. Even, yeah, you can't even say pro-choice anymore. You you watch some of the the ways that that people celebrate abortion. Yeah. They celebrate it. To be to be here. Here's also how I view this: to vote for a Democrat um, means that you're casting your vote for genocide, for black genocide. Mm-hmm. If if uh, Roe had never been passed, there'd be double the amount of African Americans in this country. Double, right? That's more black teachers, more black fathers. That's more scientists. That's more black politicians. Right? The community. The community. Think about how much more. I mean, you, the numbers are numbers are power. Yeah. If you're pro-black, you have to be against the Democrats. Yeah. They literally are responsible for half of the black population being gone. Yeah. Uh, I think that I think that you can see just how pro-abortion they are is when the Supreme Court nominee. With seven kids, um, was was uh, you know being inter- interrogated, and they just despise it. Oh yeah, they despise it. They hate motherhood. Yeah, they really do. They hate motherhood. 
All right, I have other Biden clips on abortion, but let's move on. Uh, so, what what other ways do we see that they're the they're the Romans one godless party? Uh, if it's not abortion, it's homosexuality and transgender easily, easily. rights. That's yeah. that's next. Yeah, right. That's it. They've been pushing it, been pushing and pushing and pushing the, this agenda uh, forward. Um, they're the part that's their that's their party platform, right? The Ob- Obergerf- Obergerfeld can't even say it correctly. Say it for me. I'm not going to say it. I'm not going to let you make fun of me for saying uh, it wrong. Well, the the Supreme Court decision, um, which pretty much legalized yeah a homosexual marriage. Remember in the argument uh, that was taking place then, they asked um, the lawyer representing. Um, the left's position to, yeah. to legalize. Mm-hmm. What does this mean for like um, Christian schools and institutions and all these other things? Uh-huh. Which you can't. Right, you can't be a teacher. You can't be a student because they have they have like morality codes at all these schools. Right. He said it's going to be an issue. <laughs> right. You remember that? Yeah. Oh yeah. It's going yeah, to be an issue. What an understatement. Right. It's going, going to be an to be issue. issue. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Um, and now transgenderism. Mm-hmm. Um, that's, it, the, that's the big the big push. That's the newest. Right. Uh, Ten years ago, uh, most people in this country were not for same-sex marriage. Yeah. Now nearly everyone is for it. Mm-hmm. Combination of propaganda through Hollywood and... You know, just every norm, every every just, media just outlet. normal normalizing it through yeah. through commercials and, and things like that. Everything, yep. um, and now it's transgender uh, issues. Yeah, and Biden is for. I mean, there's a clip. You, of, you know, we were told there's no slippery slope. No slippery slope. Here. Right? Wasn't that wasn't that what we were being told? Like this is this is all about equal rights for heterosexuals and homosexuals. Uh-huh. No, no slippery slope. This isn't going to, you know, we're not trying. There's not some agenda that's trying to push all this stuff. Well, what's it look like? Right. <laughs> yeah. Because once you say love is love, you've opened the door to everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And and so you mean this in the 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 most recent town hall? You have Joe Biden in his own words saying, "If an eight year old." wakes up one day and decides his life would be easier if he was transgender. He wants no discrimination for that person, right? You got that clip? Yeah, it's in here somewhere. I'm pretty it's sure a- I got it. <laughs> got all kinds of clips. Yeah. Let's see what we got. They love each other. The idea that an 8-year-old child or a 10-year-old child decides, you know, I decided I want to be transgender. That's what I think I'd like to be. It may make my life a lot easier. There should be zero discrimination. And what's happening is... And then you know, he goes on to switch topics about... Uh, you know, yeah. eight-year-old gets up. Hey, you know what? I think I want to be a transgender. I, I think that would be... Mm-hmm. My, my eight-year-old has a hard time picking out the clothes she's going to wear. Right. <laughs> or what she's going to eat for... I'll tell you what, man. It, these, I mean, they're... It, these people are sick. Yeah. They are sick. This woman who asked this question is an abuser. They're sick. It's this last verse of Romans 1, right? Yeah. Though they know God's righteous decree that those who practice such things deserve to die, they not only do them, but they give approval to those who practice them. It's it's not—and that's that's the whole 
um, a homosexual movement is you can't just you can't just you know whatever tolerate toleration means anymore. Uh, you have to you have to celebrate it. And if you don't celebrate it, then you you're an enemy. That's right. I mean, it's insane. You know, when you're uh, we were talking about this earlier. I'll share it with everybody. I got home. I got back from my deployment. Um, my son was over three years old. He I'd been gone over half of his life. Okay, the part that I was there was when he was a baby. So when I got there, this guy one day he's like putting on his mom's makeup. Now the world will tell you. Hey, you need to let that kid explore that. Encourage him to do that. He may be a girl. Right. Like you've seen my kid, right? Like he's like right. the furthest end of the spectrum you can get. Yeah. <laughs> and and so you know what I told him? I said, "What the heck are you doing? Guys don't wear makeup." And I wasn't even nice about it. Yeah. I wasn't nice about it at all. Guess we never did again. <laughs> he saw me, he's, he came in the bathroom once. He hadn't potty trained yet. <clears throat> he saw me peeing standing up. He potty trained immediately. I guarantee you this this woman here who asked the question, there's no man in there there's no man in that house. Not a biblical man. This is the the damage that's been done by the feminist movement that women don't need men. Men aren't essential to society. So uh not the bee. You know I'm a fan. I'm constantly going onto this Facebook page to see what new ridiculous story what do you got? They've They've uncovered for us. <clears throat> um, they uh, they posted this uh, this Halloween commercial. Uh-huh. You got to go watch this thing. Is it insane? It's this family. They're preparing for Halloween. There's a uh, there's two kids, little kids, boy and a girl. They're bringing their uh, their pumpkins in and they're making jack o' lanterns and the dad's all caring and loving and the mom brings out the the um, uh the halloween costumes and there's a batman and there's a wonder woman and the the kids they grab them and run off and and you you see the whole trick-or-treating and all of this and and you don't see you don't see the front of the kids the entire time you see behind them as they're trick-or-treating and running down the street and stuff they come home they're passed out from eating candy and the parents put them in bed and then the big reveal is the girl was dressed up as batman and the boy was dressed up as wonder woman and uh <laughs> stupid you got <laughs> freaking stupid stuff man yeah you gotta go watch it it's it's really cringy it's so stupid but this is this is what i meant by meant by it's being normalized if you let your child if your kid i'll just say this if your kid wants to dress up like wonder woman your boy and you let him you're an abuser you are a child abuser you're abusing your boy that's just what it is. God, God says clearly that men are not to dress like women, yeah. and women are not to dress like men. Right. He makes a distinction mm-hmm. between the genders. Clear distinction. And we don't ever blend it. We don't get to blend that, right? Right. Um, the world's sick, dude. The world is absolutely sick. Like five years ago, all right, so I got a, I, my daughter is very, very tomboyish. Okay, maybe that's something to do with being like a sister to Drake. I, I don't know. She's a tomboy, man. She has a cannon for an arm. She could probably play on the high school boys' baseball team next year. Not even joking. Guess what? I'm not going to encourage her to do, George. Right. Play baseball. Right. Guess what? She's going to play softball. So, like five years ago, I tell her, I say, All right, I'm Brooke. You notice you're a little different than the other girls. 
Yeah. Um, the world says you're a tomboy. So I say, you know what you are? You're a sporty girl. You're not a boy. There's nothing about you like a boy. You're a girl. You're a woman. You're going to grow up become a woman. And there's nothing wrong with you being a sporty, athletic woman. Nothing. So don't you believe it when people start, you know, she's going to hear stuff in the culture, right? Well, uh, well, maybe you're not a girl. Maybe you're a boy. Right. That's the that's the type of crap people hear. Yeah. And they start to believe it. Insane. We're living in the same world. Yeah. I'm t- I, I'm, I don't know how much time we got left in the world, George, before we get thrown in jail. But here's what I say. It's time to start fighting back. Start right. calling these people sick. They're sick, man. They're child abusers. Let's not stand for it anymore. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna lend approval, no matter how hard they push. Yeah. Because uh, I, I just not gonna do it. Yeah. Never going along. You know what's interesting is that they do. They they say things. You know these ridiculous things like gender is fluid and and you know it's there's it's a spectrum, but then they cannot escape the binary. Right, you you can't. They cannot escape. Uh, this person's acting like a boy, <laughs> and right. this person's acting like a girl. Mm-hmm. They can't escape it mm-hmm. because that's that's Romans one again. Right, right. God has created this world in a certain way, and whether you like it or not, you can push against it all you want and have your boy dress up uh, in a princess dress and call him a queen. It does not mean that you can escape God's world. Can't. You cannot escape can't it. it. You live in God's world, and you can push against it, and you can be a fool, or you can submit to the King, who's created this world. This is not. This world is not. Um, it, it's it's not built for you to just do whatever you want. It's built for you to reflect the glory of God, and He's He's the King. That's right. And you need to submit to His rule. It's a beautiful thing to be a woman. Yeah. It's a beautiful thing to be a man. Yeah, there's... God made these things. Yeah, and God doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. He doesn't make mistakes. If you are, if you're a man, God made you a man. Yeah. If you're a woman, God made you a woman. And God does that all according to his perfect pleasure and according to his wisdom. And there's nothing wrong with the way that God has has made us right. as male and female. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're meant to reflect God's glory um, in our one of two sexes, yep. right? Um, but yeah, that's uh, again. We're, I mean, we're kind of chasing stuff. But going back to the Democratic Party, this is it's their party. This is their party. Mm-hmm. This is their party, and they want to expand it. They want to. They want to continue pushing this, and it's wicked. Yeah, it's it's completely wicked. They want full compliance. It's not right. enough to just to have. They don't want equal rights. They want you to fully approve of it. Right. Right. They want. They want. Every, so you'll never. Here, here's a perfect example. They're passing legislation in a lot of Democrat-run places yeah. where they have power um, uh, against conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. You've heard about these. Yeah. All right. So the way they word it is so broad um, that conversion therapy. Well, we think it, like conversion therapy a, a long time ago in the psychological world used to be like electroshock treatment and, right. and weird stuff like that. Lobotomies. No Christian, no Christians are ever on board with that stuff. Right. Right. right? But our, our entire religion is conversionism. <laughs> right. Right. I was a, a wretch, and then Christ saved me, and now I'm converted yeah. to a different world, like a different life. The whole thing's conversionism. So they, it's so broadly worded that. 
they um, they could, under threat of shutting your church down, fines and imprisonment, if you were to have a conversation with a teen who says, "Hey, I'm struggling with my my sexuality. Maybe I'm homosexual, or maybe I'm transgender." If you were to walk through just the Bible systematically with that person, they could fine you or imprison you for conversion therapy. Mm-hmm. That's how broadly worded these things are. The only thing you could ever do as a pastor is you could say, oh, I affirm your sexuality. You could never present to them the Christian gospel. Yeah. That is happening right now. This isn't 10 years from now. That's happening right now. Okay, that's what you're voting for when you vote for a Democrat. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so um, going back to the election... So you so let's say uh, you, let's say who we're voting for. Right. Well, I who, mean, I, I want to say it, it. There is a difference. Going back to Piper's article. Oh yeah. Character and and policy. Um, Trump's character is not all that we want it to be. Um, but by God's mercy, his policies have been by and large good. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we know what Joe Biden and the Democratic Party want to push. Uh-huh. And um, with the way that Biden flips and flops, um, he's just going to be pushed by the more radical wing of the Democratic Party. Yeah, uh, he's he's going to be pushed radical. Yeah, and we know that. And if he is a figurehead, like many of us suspect, then Kamala Harris is a radical. Oh yeah, and they will push their agenda. Uh-huh. Uh, we have to look at this stuff when we decide how we're voting. Yeah. Um, so, um, I don't have a problem saying I'm. I am. I did not vote for him in 2016, but I am voting for President Trump. So you justify it how? Um, I look at the last four years huh. and see what he has done. Um, how the media has, I think, been biased. Um, and characterizing him. I don't think that he is um, what the media tells us he is. Uh, you know, they keep pushing that he's white supremacist. Right. But that's ridiculous. Um, you know, and uh, and I, I look at the platforms and the people that Trump has surrounding him and the people that he's been appointing, mm-hmm. and I think he's doing a good job. Yeah. He's not the perfect candidate. The perfect candidate doesn't exist. But um, I think that it is a good thing to vote for him. Yeah. Okay. Good. Yeah. All right. So where am I at? Okay. Well, you've heard on here before that I struggle. I didn't vote for Trump last time. I thought he was a rogue agent. Um, I don't think he was really a conservative. I don't think he would... I didn't think he would, his policies would be conservative. I didn't think he was really. I thought he's pro-choice and just lying to get elected. Um, so kind of like Mueller, I, I, you know, I was there. But also, the big thing that bothered me about him was he was a he's a draft dodger. So was Biden, right? They're both draft dodgers, and that really bothers me a lot. Now, the way I've been seeing. Things that have been how they've been going on the past couple months, and looking at the trajectory and looking at the two platforms, and just seeing where we are 
as a nation. Listening to what Trump, I'm trying to listen to what Trump actually says. Um, I can't. I don't know that I can hold this against him anymore because he didn't have to be president. I don't think he became president because he was lacking something, right? He was one of the most popular people on the planet. Yeah, like everybody knew him. He's powerful. He's a billionaire. He has everything. Um, then he he wants to run for public office for like for what reason? Um, and he hasn't taken any money as president. Hasn't he's donated all of his his uh, his salary has been donated, and you know so I see okay he didn't serve before in the Vietnam War he was a draft dodger, but it appears now that when the nation needed him he stepped up to the plate. Really, for nothing to gain. What does he gain, man? He's taken four years of abuse. Yeah. I also looked at this. This guy has taken a beating for four years and just kept coming. For what reason? He could. Why would he run for re-election again if this was for himself? Why would he want the punishment? <laughs> right. Um, it has to be for another reason. And I think the reason, I think he sees it. I think the reason is because he saw the absolute nightmare uh, Barack Obama and, and Joe Biden were. You know, a guy followed my wife into the bathroom mm-hmm. two weeks ago. A man. Um, he was he was just a regular dude taking advantage of uh, Joe Biden and Obama's legacy, you know, of normalizing men using women's restrooms. That's just a you know tip of the iceberg. But I think I think Trump sees the tra- trajectory that these guys put our nation down. Uh, how we were being. Manipulated by China, uh, we our relationship with Iran was terrible. Uh, North Korea was a nightmare, and I think he thought he could do better. And so I think when the nation needed him to serve, um, he stepped up. And in my mind, that does that redeems it for me. I don't see that he had anything to gain by it. Yeah, I guess is what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, so for me, um, I also look at in addition to the morality issues. Uh, I'm able to get past Trump's rudeness, his pridefulness, his meanness like this, right? You know, when uh, you're about to be overtaken by the Soviet hordes, <laughs> let's people don't even know what Soviet hordes are, that when the communists are about to take your nation over, um, the guy standing between you and them, do you really care if he's nice? <laughs> right. Right? Or do you want that guy <clears throat> to be a fighter? Yeah. Do you want that guy to to shoot every bullet he's got? Then after he runs out of bullets, do you want him to to you know pull out his knife and then take as many of them down as he can? Then when he runs out of that, he starts fighting them tooth and nail and biting. Like that's who that's who we want, right? Yeah. We want we want those guys defending us, and that's who I want in the president right now. Yeah. I I want so I'm voting for Trump because I don't care that he's mean, man. Like I said, he's mean to the elite leftist, these insane people who want to completely overthrow our democracy. They don't want what America is. And he stands between us. He's standing between us. He's the mean guy who will do whatever it takes uh, to stand between them. That's how I look at him. So I'm going to vote for him. Yeah. The way that... The way that a lot of these um, big evangelical voices act, I, I don't think that they'd be on the same side as someone like Elijah. 
Making, oh. making fun of the prophets of Baal. Right. And then what did he do after, George? What did he do they to ki- they killed What all did of he them. do to them after he made fun of them? Yeah, he made he killed them all. He took yeah. them down to the to the valley and he killed them all. I I I think that we have become sissies. Yeah. We look up to people like Luther, but we don't want to be like Luther. Yeah. I think uh, right. we we look up to the we look up to um people like the apostle Paul who tells the Judaizers that he wishes they'd go and castrate themselves. But we dance around, um, uh, you know, giving people an out to vote for someone who says it's okay for an eight-year-old to castrate themselves and uh-huh. become a become a girl. Like, what, what has happened to us? Like, let's... I, I think we need to go back to the end of 1 Corinthians... It, it's just a, it's just a, a little. I, I think it because it's at the end of the letter that people don't really put a lot of care into reading it. Uh-huh. Um, and it's just one, it's just one line that that uh, Paul tells the the Corinthians. He says, First uh, Corinthians sixteen thirteen. Be watchful. Stand firm in the faith, act like men, be strong. Right. Oh, you better believe that triggers people today. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Act like men. Yeah. Be be courageous. The world hates that, though. They yep. just hate that very word. Um, that's right. Well, we need to end. Well, let's end by saying this. We talked about, is it is it church discipline? If... Uh, like so, in the real world, we have to minister to a church, right? We're right. we're concerned number one with with Christ's bride above all else. Um, here's here's kind of where I am on it. You can say where you are, since we pastor at the same church. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, we're in the same place. Right. Um, I would not say that to abstain from voting is is wrong or is a sin. I could understand why someone would do it. Okay. So to not vote, maybe even to write in someone else mm-hmm. uh, to make a symbolic vote for a third party. Um, I don't think that's that's a sin issue. So you could not vote, no problem. If you vote for a Democrat, like I said, I, I believe you're aligning yourself in rebellion against Jesus. And so I think that's a sin issue. And it's not that it's it's not that because it's they're the Democrats. Because the, let me go back to Kennedy Democrat days, right? That wouldn't be a sin issue, I don't think. Right. To vote for a Kennedy Democrat back in the day? Yeah. Kennedy wouldn't survive today. The left would eat him alive. Oh, no, no. He's yeah. The day the days of JFK's Democrat party is long, long gone. Yeah, long gone. they're way gone. Yeah. The days of of uh, Cl- uh, of Bill Clinton yeah. are gone. He right. could never win an election. Yeah, today, right. listen to his what he stood for. That he could never win today. So it's not that they're Democrats; it's what they stand for, right? Yeah. So to align yourself with that, to say I'm for that, in my mind, it may it, it seems very clear is to say you're against Jesus. And so it's cause for it's cause for church discipline that you might repent. Yeah, yeah, um, I'm with you. 
Um, I think that before you don't vote, maybe read these articles yeah. by Grudem and, and Mueller. Mm-hmm. Um, really think about why you're not voting. Is it because Trump's mean? Or are you being duped by the media? Yeah. Um, or do you really have a conscious issue with it? Yeah. Um, if if you're like Piper and you, um, you know, your conscience won't allow you to vote for either one of them, I don't think that's a I don't think that's a sin. Um, it is a sin to violate your conscience, right? Um, but I don't think it's a sin to not vote. Yeah. Um, but given everything we know about the Democrat Party, and if you've listened this far, then you know. <laughs> All right, you can't you can't plead ignorance. Um, but all you have to do is go into the Democratic Party platform and see what they stand for. Um, I think that if you vote for a Democrat, that um, your church should confront you. Yeah. I think they should take steps of, of church discipline. And if you don't repent, I think that voting for a Democratic candidate is cause for excommunication. Mm-hmm. And that's that's um, I mean that's a that's a pretty radical statement even even amongst evangelicals with with you know organizations like Nine Marks and right. the Gospel Coalition dancing around it yeah, they, they would they wouldn't say it. we shouldn't you know we shouldn't divide over this stuff I think we definitely should divide over it yeah um, I think we definitely should because the Democratic Party stands for everything that is opposed to God's righteous rule yeah and to support them. <laughs> knowingly knowing what they're going to do saying stupid things like oh i'm pro life that's why i'm voting for joe biden because i'm all pro uh, you know i'm all life mm-hmm. not just birth but all of life as if the democrats are doing these amazing things while they're dismembering babies mm-hmm. that, that's ridiculous and I, I think that it's i think it's sin mm-hmm. that's right yeah um thank you correct well Man, I, I was gonna say something else, but I totally forgot. And this is a long episode. And I thanks for sticking in, sticking in here with us. It's it is a big thing, you know. It's it's next week. It's happening. Um, pray, yeah, you know, pray about pray, it. Pray for the country because um, don't put too much weight on your your individual vote because um, you're not responsible for the direction that the country goes. Right. Like right. you're one person. Um, but we need to pray, and we need to be faithful. Yeah, yeah, and, and I mean, you can vote while you can. I said a couple weeks ago, I don't know that in ten years we'll be able to vote for either party. Yeah, if God's not gracious and the culture, uh, he and he doesn't and he does he's got to do some type of yeah. uh, great awakening in our culture. If the culture doesn't change, <clears throat> the Republicans will cave yeah. in order to preserve power. Right. And then we won't have any anyone to vote for. Yep. We won't in good conscience be able to cast our vote for any candidate if God doesn't show us mercy. Yep. Yeah, so keep praying and uh, you know, don't um, don't stress out over it because God is still sovereign uh-huh. and he is still king and Christ will accomplish his purposes whatever that that means for our future, he'll accomplish his pur- purposes, and Christ will return, and and yeah. he'll bring in everlasting righteousness. That's right. Yeah, I'm not worried about it either way. Um, if the culture does, if we, if it, if this election goes left, and even if they won for the next ten, 
and the the church were to fall into persecution, it could be the best days ahead for the church right. during that. Yeah, look at what look at what God's doing in the churches in China. Mm-hmm. Like they're oppressed by a communist government. The yeah. the very thing we're trying to avoid is what's it's spurring the growth of the church in China. You see, Michael Haken posted an article about the Calvinist I did. Uh, Great Awakening yeah. happening in China. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Yeah. Yep. It's amazing. Well, thanks for uh, listening to this long episode. Hopefully it was um, beneficial to you, educational. Hopefully it does inform you and help you to think through, you know, what some of these celebrity Christians are talking about when they talk about these things. Uh, it's, that's our hope and our desire is just to assist you, to help you to think about them uh, as a Christian should think about them. And then to come to a good decision that's Christ honoring. So if you if this is a benefit to you, please like, subscribe, share, write us a review, and um, it's our hope as always that everything that comes out of this podcast would help you to become conformed to Christ.